Decoding Life with Ryan Blake. Stay raw, stay real, stay vulnerable, stay authentic. The time is now. Hello and welcome to Decoding Life, where we take great thoughts and turn them into action. Apologies for the lateness of this podcast. I've uh, been very ill lately and uh, I've just about managed to get back on my feet in order to record this. We are still in November and we have beaten our first two targets so thank you so much to everybody for your very generous donations and uh, please please keep it coming Uh, we're tackling mental health and fighting cancer with every penny you sponsor us for if you just go onto the Movember page and search for Ryan Blake I'm the only one there whose head looks like the moon so today's episode is dedicated to a friend of mine called Bernd, who is a student of evil. I don't think you'll mind me saying. And so today's episode is on Occam's Razor. Now, Occam's Razor is a philosophical idea that many people have heard of, but very few people really, truly understand. So we'll start with a little bit of background into William of Occam and his place in history. So... William of Ockham was a 14th century Franciscan monk and a bachelor of Oxford, as it was then. He was considered something of a rebel by the church. He was a religious and political maverick who was excommunicated for believing that Jesus and his disciples didn't own any property. And for that, he was accused of heresy. And he spent much of his life trying to get back in the church's good graces. All we really know about his life in terms of the sort of when it happened is that he died in Munich in 1347 and almost certainly it was the Black Death that finished him off. So, his primary contribution to the philosophical canon is Occam's Razor. Now what is that? It is a methodological principle concerning ontology. Now that's in philosophy speak. It basically talks about simplicity in action and thought. Now Occam's razor is at its best and at its simplest a method for working out the truth of a given matter. It's also known as the law of parsimony or the principle of philosophical parsimony. And again, what is parsimony? Well, in this instance, parsimony is being concerned with the, the non-waste of resources, not wasting your time using too much. Now, at the very start, we need to say that Occam's Razor doesn't say or make claims about any given theory being true or which will be true as evidence is uncovered. It is merely a rule of thumb, but a very, very useful one. And basically it comes down to this. Eliminate that which is surplus to requirement. And to sort of put it in the the Latin. Entia non sunt multiplicanda praeter necessitatum. Entities are not to be multiplied beyond necessity. Or, to break it down for everyday use, the simple solution is usually the correct one. And... 
whilst Ockham's razor is correctly attributed to Ockham, or William of Ockham, he was not the first person to espouse this thought. Throughout history, we have had several great thinkers talking about the simple solution being usually the correct one. Leonardo da Vinci said, Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Okay, everything in nature. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So, how do we use this in everyday life? Well, when faced with two or more theories, choosing the one with the minimum number of entities is usually correct. Or, choose the theory that offers the simplest and most direct explanation. Now, this obviously appeals intuitively. We want, usually we want the simplest explanation to be true. And now this is why it's called Occam's razor. Because the razor cuts away the unrequired and the unnecessarily complex. Or as William of Ockham said, it is vain to do more with what can be done with fewer. Okay, Don't waste your time adding in extra bits of explanation that you do not need. Okay, it's now painfully clear. The adults are definitely paving the way for an invasion by the saucer people. You fool! Can't you see it's a massive government conspiracy? Or have they gotten to you too? Conclusions. Haven't you ever heard of Occam's razor? The simplest explanation is probably the correct one. So what's the simplest explanation? I don't know. Maybe they're all reverse vampires and they have to get home before dark. Ah! Reverse vampires! Reverse vampires! Oh. So Occam believed that everything exists as one entity of sorts. We invent separate ideas through our limited human understanding of something called universals. He was basically saying, don't overthink it in all things in life. In his view of reality, only individuals exist, not universals. Now, what does that mean? Because that's, there's some terminology there. So a universal is part of how we understand things on the human level. In reality, Occam said, everything is singular. So a property that occurs in many instances, for example... A universal, an example of a universal would be a yellow object. So, any yellow object has the instance of the property of yellowness. So, every yellow object is yellow. I know that sounds very obvious, but that yellowness has to come from somewhere. Now, if we go all the way back to ancient Greece, Plato believed that everything was copied from what he called his theory of the forms everything on this planet is a copy of the divine there is a a, a domain of the forms where the perfect example of everything exists the perfect chair perfect shoe the perfect yellow and they exist independently of the things themselves i.e. in the land of the forms there is a perfect conceptual essence of yellow now Occam disagrees with this he's something called a nominalist he doesn't believe there are universals that reality is simply singular objects that exist independently and absolutely nothing depends on anything else for its existence 
in terms of attributes. Yellow is not bequeathed from on high. There is no separate yellowness that an object copies to be yellow. So change is just the reorder and rearranging of singularity, and that's where, in his mind, free will comes from. Now, I know this seems like a bit of a tangent, but we'll come on to explain exactly how this relates to Occam's razor. And again, not just Plato, but Aristotle and St. Thomas Aquinas also posited this idea about simplicity being best. St. Thomas Aquinas said, Nature does not employ two instruments where one suffices. Okay, This idea that nature itself is very simple and simple hypotheses get closer to the truth, which is what Occam was very interested in. And that's how we apply it in everyday life with clear thinking. For example, there's the historical comparison of how the immediate universe works, how our solar system works. Originally, there was the geocentric theory, which was everything moves around the Earth. The sun moves around the Earth. The other planets move around the Earth, all of them. Earth is the centre of the universe. However, as more and more was observed in regarding astronomical bodies, this theory had things added to it and the theory became more and more complex until all these different caveats and addendums and attempts at mathematical equations were bolted on to the geocentric theory to justify the Earth being the centre of the universe. And this goes all the way back to Copernicus who dismissed the geocentric theory and posited the heliocentric theory which was that all the planets move around the sun and this was a much simpler explanation and by all modern science it's true that the sun is the center of our solar system and every every object in it moves around that okay so that's a very good example of occam's razor getting to the truth of the matter a simple solution that the sun is the center of the solar system and everything moves around that turns out to be correct Occam's razor cuts away the geocentric theory because it has so many different moving parts to try and justify Earth being the centre. It can be dismissed. Or to put it another way, let's say you come up with a theory of gravity that explains why objects are pulled towards the Earth. And then, once you've completed this theory, you add in, say, demons. Demons are helping out. Well, the addition of demons is completely unnecessary. And Occam's razor would slice that away okay no unnecessary additions to any given theory so the classic everyday example that is often used that we'll go through now is you come home and your friend's there who's been house sitting or whatever and there's a vase on the floor and it's broken your vase is on the floor and it's broken and the your friend, let's call him Malcolm, says a cat did it. And you say, well, I can't see a cat. And he says, oh, the cat sneaked in from outside. And then you say, well, I closed the windows. How could it have done that? And then Malcolm says, well, the cat sneaked in before you closed the windows. And then you'd say, well, hang on a second. 
you're allergic to cats. Surely you would have been sneezing and known about this cat if that was the case. And then Malcolm says, well, the cat was a sphinx cat and didn't have any fur or hair. And so therefore I didn't have any reactions and didn't know about it. And you say, well, where are the cats, you know, footprints? Why didn't it knock anything else down? Why is there no signs of a cat anywhere? There's no signs anywhere of anything being inside. And Malcolm keeps adding in all these explanations. Whereas with Occam's razor, you cut through this and say, the simplest explanation and very much the most likely explanation is just that Malcolm did it. Malcolm broke your vase. It's really that simple. And so it's a method of thinking to get to the truth in the most direct manner by eliminating the unnecessary. Simpler solutions are often more likely to be correct than complex ones. In this instance, chances are your friend simply knocked over the vase and wants to avoid blame rather than an imaginary cat that happens to be the one type of cat that your friend isn't allergic to. Simple models have a greater chance and progressively get better at predicting future events. We remove statistical noise and we get better at seeing the underlying truth and structure of the world when we apply Occam's razor. So this is therefore an effective method of reasoning in science and in everyday life. As we saw above two very different examples, one that governs orbital bodies and the structure of the universe, and another that tells you who broke your vase. And also it, it cuts to this idea of don't put a pleasant lie in front of a harsh truth a lot of the time when you're applying Occam's razor. Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is almost always somebody screwed up. Then we come on to, again, another larger example, the theistic flaw example. Now, you could argue from a religious point of view on the surface level if you say well the universe exists let's say your question is why does the universe exist why is there something instead of nothing well religious people will say god did it and that seems simple it's an explanation for everything but if you unpack it you actually see it's very complex it's not the simplest explanation because you get into ideas of cosmic planning uh, omnipotence evil free will God is not actually a simple solution. It's a simple word to say, but it's not a simple solution. So Occam's razor does not just automatically favour the existence of God. Obviously, William of Occam was a God-fearing man, but even he would have to apply his own logic in this instance. God actually invokes an undetectable force to explain nature, which is actually hugely complex, more complex than science. And Occam is attempting to break things down to everyday life simple solutions. As such, it is imperfect, and I'm sure William Occam would be the first person to say that, but it's very useful for determining plausibility. Occam's razor says, the simplest solution to a problem is usually the correct one, right? Right. Right. So if I flip a coin and I get heads 20 times in a row, yes. I could have rigged the coin. But if the simple answer is the right one, two coins. A two-headed version to flip. And a real coin to show you, my friend. I knew it. 
and we can go back to ancient Greece again. Aristotle said, we may assume the superiority, other things being equal, of the demonstration which derives from fewer postulates or hypotheses. So again, he's basically saying the simple solution is usually the best one. Again, all the way back to ancient Greece. So this theory, the, the razor theory, if you like, whatever you want to call it, but Occam's razor had its birth well before William of Occam. And it has pervaded all of philosophical history. And people have throughout history always sought the simplest solution. We go on to Isaac Newton. We are to admit no more causes of natural things than such as are both true and sufficient to explain their appearances. Therefore, to the same natural effects, we must as far as possible assign the same cause. Basically, all these philosophers are basically saying cut the crap. What's simple is usually true. Bertrand Russell, wherever, whenever possible, substitute constructions out of known entities for inferences to unknown entities. Don't go looking to make things more complex than they are. And again, this applies, as we said, applies to the existence of God. It applies to everyday things. It applies to the structure of the universe. Here's an example for you. Paranoid social reactions. Now, I'm sure we've all had one or two of these. It's very simple. So here's an example of Occam's razor helping deal with paranoia. You call, you call person X. Let's say you've called Malcolm, okay? You call Malcolm. They don't answer. You leave a message. Okay. First off, you might think, why are they not answering? Do they not like me? Then you look at the message. Did I leave a poor message? Was it badly phrased? Was it not clear? Did I say something wrong? Did I accept him? Was, did I leave this message too late? You apply Occam's razor. They probably just haven't gotten around to answering. Like Occam's razor has great explanatory power and is important to bear in mind when you are worrying about things like this. Okay, so if you are given to paranoid social reactions because someone doesn't respond exactly how you might imagine, apply Occam's razor. Chances are a simple explanation that doesn't even involve you will apply. And again, we upscale this science versus religion not in the sense of a combative way but you know in a discursive way science actually makes fewer assumptions about our senses and reasons religion also makes assumptions about religious texts being true but it has more explanatory power because you can wrap god around it as a catch-all answer but again as you've explored occam's razor actually cuts through god as well now, occam's razor it's a basic scientific principle and it says, all things being equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. Makes sense to me. All right. So what's more likely? All-powerful, mysterious God created the universe and then decided not to give any proof of his existence. Or that he simply doesn't exist at all. And that we created him so we wouldn't have to feel so small and alone. Now, here we come on to the idea of solipsism, which is the concept that only your existence and experience can be known and trusted. According to Ockham, as this makes the least number of assumptions, i.e. only one, everything comes from you and your existence, it technically also explains all, but it's also counterintuitive. And logically, we don't want to agree with this. We can't all be the source of information in the universe. We can't all be the centre of the universe. So, therefore, we can see that Ockham's razor doesn't solve all our problems all the time. And we've got our old friend Karl Popper. 
here again showing modern philosophy is also tackles Occam's razor. We prefer simpler theories to more complex ones because their empirical content is greater and because they are better testable. So we can see from this that the razor is not a theory exactly or a commandment or a substitute for a good explanation and logic working together. The testability is the key. Empirical evidence more often will support this, which is why we have disproven or kind of ever proved things like alien abduction and why we can dismiss flat earth and intelligent design and why gods will always be debated amongst the people who don't really understand Occam's razor a lot of the time. What's key here is, well, there's a quote from a medical doctor, Theodore Woodward. He won the Nobel Peace Prize winner for curing typhus and typhoid fever. And he's famous for saying, When you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. So, judging from the ataxia dysarthria and the mental status change, I've concluded that Mr. Yeager is suffering from Kuru. Kuru? Kuru. Kuru. Yes, Kuru. Wow, I'd actually never thought of that. Hell yeah. Were you aware that the only documented cases of Kuru were members of a cannibalistic tribe in eastern Papua New Guinea? I was not. Newbie, do you happen to know what a zebra is? That patient just mocked me. It's a diagnosis of a ridiculously obscure disease when it's much more likely that the patient has a common illness presenting with uncommon symptoms. In other words, if you hear hoofbeats, you just go ahead and think horses, not zebras. Okay, Mr. Silly Bear? And this very simply means, to use his own words, always do the diagnostics for the most common explanation of illness. Look for the simple solution. It applies in science, in thought, philosophy, deed. And this quote is actually the formation of something called Sutton's Law. Now, you may well be asking, who, who was Sutton? Other than a place in England. Well, this rather beautifully sums up Occam's razor, and I'll leave you with this thought. Sutton's Law is named for Willie Sutton, the bank robber. And he was once asked, very simply, why do you rob banks? And he responded, because that's where the money is. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Decoding Life. Please like, subscribe and leave a review. And also follow our video feed on YouTube, Decoding Life. If you have any comments, questions or topics you would like us to cover, please contact us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook or with the name at Decoding Life One. That's the number one. Or by email, decodinglife1 at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are entirely our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever which we have been, am now or will be affiliated. Thank you.